With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger style. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond. Listen to us on incredible radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400, the Midlands. Heard around the world on the iHeartRadio application. Download today. It is free. Our website, put the .com on it, doggone it. That's ClemsonSportsTalk.com, and it is week one, the college football season, officially. I know last week we had week zero games, and uh, that's exactly how many wins Nebraska currently has after facing off with Northwestern across the pond. However, the good news for Nebraska and Scott Frost, hey, you're undefeated on American soil, so there's that. I found it peculiar, some of the comments coming out from some of the the players in Lincoln about their performance. You know, when I was growing up, if Nebraska had lost to Northwestern, you would have said, what alternate universe am I living in? Instead, Ryan Holinsky leads Northwestern, the former Gamecock. Holinsky's Hope, the foundation, leads Northwestern past Nebraska in Dublin, Ireland. No, no, no. They didn't need double overtime. Just in Dublin, Ireland, they got the J-O-B-D-O-N-E, the job done over the weekend. Also looming, number five Notre Dame, taking on Ohio State. That's a seven 30 start on ABC on Saturday. Two top five teams. What is the gap, in your opinion? How far is the gap between the Fighting Irish and the Buckeyes? And I and I pose that question to you because I have been a proponent of the belief that there is, there are, I should say, several different sort of criteria or categories for the teams that we see in college football. There's the elite. And right now, the elite of college football would appear, in my opinion, to be 
Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and I think maybe Georgia moving into that elite category last season. Incredibly, and you might not like this as a Tiger fan, but I think if Clemson has another year like they had a season ago, where you don't win the Atlantic Coast Conference, where you don't get into the college football playoff, I think you drop down to that second tier. Bordering on elite still, I think you sit sort of where Georgia was a year ago before they won their national championship. But if we talk about the elite of the elite, is Notre Dame in? Again, they'll get a chance to showcase whether they are under Marcus Freeman, their new head coach, in this opener against Ohio State. Now, the underdog mentality, it's rare that Notre Dame gets to carry that into a contest. It's its rare that the fighting Irish, if you will, get to lean in on being a bit of an underdog, but ESPN's matchup predictor has Notre Dame trailing in their football power index in this game, 83.5 to just 16.5. Ohio State favored by 17.5 in this game. Can Notre Dame overcome being an underdog on the road against Ohio State. And additionally, I might add, will they be able to keep that game under 17 and a half? Here's the crux of the matter for me. I think looking at Ohio State, from... The skill position. Running backs. Wide receivers. They are as talented as any team in the country. And will Notre Dame be able to slow down that attack? To me, that's where... This game hinges. Slowing down C.J. Stroud, star quarterback for the Buckeyes, and the wide receivers enough that they can comfortably contain Trevion Henderson, an incredible running back, a threat out of the backfield, catching the ball as well. Like To me, for Notre Dame, they've got to figure out how to slow down the offense and just give themselves a chance. If they can't do that, then 17.5 may not be enough points. If Notre Dame's defense comes out and is basically invisible like Manti Tao's girlfriend was, I got to watch that, man, the catfishing episode. That's, I think it's on Netflix. Everybody's been talking about it. A lot of people coming out of that feeling sorry for him. But, again, I, I don't know the ins and the outs of it all. I just know this. 
I know that at this point in the season, if you're beaten by 17 and a half or more points, I don't care if you're on the road, neutral site, playing in your own backyard. If you get beat by 17 and a half points by a team that is deemed to be just a couple of spots greater than, then you got to check your elite status card in on your way out of the hotel. You don't qualify to be considered the elite if that's what happens to you in a season opener, in a game where uh, you are supposed to be evenly matched. Now, it's different to me if you're in the college football playoff and you've earned your way in and then you get into a game and maybe it gets away from you, like what happened to Alabama against Clemson. You you just, you know, it's like, hey, at the totality of the season came crashing down in that moment. But the justification of knocking you off of the elite status does not exist because you're already in the college football playoff or maybe the national championship. And some people would say that Notre Dame has been consistently overrated throughout all of your lives, perhaps. I did see one cool thing, sticking with Notre Dame for a minute over the weekend. Clemson SID Tim Beret, former Clemson SID Tim Beret, tweeted out an image that I believe Notre Dame had tweeted uh, about the 1993 film Rudy. And apparently, and I didn't know this, but apparently Notre Dame shows the movie Rudy uh, in their stadium. And I just thought, man, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I know Safety, the movie that's about Ray Ray McElrath Bay, was really cool. Uh, to be able to turn on Disney Plus, if you haven't seen it, just you know any movie that embodies or has some some investment in Clemson, you're gonna like. But safety doesn't hold a candle to Rudy in the pantheon of great sports movies. But Notre Dame has something called Flick on the Field, and on this past Friday, the 26th of August. They show the movie Rudy in the stadium. Admission apparently not only free for students, but to the public as well. Parking free. And you can go into the game and watch. Or you can go into the stadium and watch the movie. They say faculty and staff will be seated in Sections 26 through 34, and seating will be general admission. Students from Notre Dame, St. Mary's College, and Holy Cross College with wristbands for the event will be allowed to sit on the football field to watch the movie as well. Now, imagine that. And, and, and again, you know, these kids that are 18, starting college, were, were born in 2004. Some 11 years after the completion of the movie. Additionally, 
they probably wouldn't have watched this movie until they were like five or six or seven. Like 20 years, nearly 20 years after the movie came out. And maybe even then they didn't care to watch it. But can you imagine being a freshman at Notre Dame? And again, anybody can go, but can you imagine being a freshman at Notre Dame and being invited or having the opportunity to go sit on the field inside Notre Dame Stadium and watch Rudy? I mean, that's like watching Apollo 11 from a space capsule. That <laughs> That's like watching the Martian from Mars. To have the opportunity to be right there in the mix. And so that and, and just for our Gamecocks, our fine feathered friends peeking over the fence for a minute. Let me let me just say because I do believe there is a Gamecock sticker in that movie, by the way, on one of the lockers when Rudy's kind of moving into the custodial closet where he's going to live. I believe there is a South Carolina sticker on one of those lockers. So shout out to the Gamecocks represented in that movie. By the way, Clemson represented in Waterboy, so there you go. But the Gamecocks kind of had their movie that came out, The Program. Remember the program? Well, maybe maybe some of you don't remember. It was kind of a kind of a I can't call it a B movie, right? But in terms of 1993 sports movies, by comparison to Rudy, it is the B movie. But the program was all about this football team where you know there was some scandalous behavior going on, and and, and it was filmed in Columbia, but not directly about South Carolina. Uh, but what's really weird is like in South Carolina situation, all the Gamecock stuff, for lack of a better word, in the stadium was covered over by, oh man, I can't remember the name of the, the school that was um, in the movie, like what school it was uh, supposed to be. But nonetheless... Nonetheless, uh, I think, again, as fans of sports and fans of football movies, college football is synonymous with the movie Rudy. Much more so, I I think, than the program. I'm trying to see. Let me see if I can. What was the name? ESU. What did ESU? Eastern State University. Timberwolves. It says the film touches on the season of a fictional Division I school, Eastern State University, as they deal with the pressure to make a bowl game, alcohol and anabolic steroid abuse, receipt from improper benefits, and overall college life. It follows the trials of Coach Sam Winters, the Heisman Trophy candidate Joe Kane and freshman running back Darnell Jefferson and their love interests, apparently, with other team members, etc. 
I, I I probably should go back and watch the program. I really really haven't seen it. James Kahn, by the way, uh, plays head coach Sam Winters. Kahn recently passed away back in uh, July at the age of 82. But again, if you are Notre Dame, back to the lecture at hand here, if you are Notre Dame, and your claim is to be a top five team. Don't you have to keep this game closer than 17 and a half? And if you don't, what does that say about where Notre Dame is ranked in the preseason? Because again, it probably in the mind's eye of some would say, hey man, Swanee, they're way, they're way overrated. And so then you kind of get into the next level questions of things like, okay, well then, how would Ohio State compare against Texas A&M? Or Utah. We saw Ohio State and Utah in the Rose Bowl last season. Ohio State barely escaped. That offense flourished. Utah, I won't say they gave it to the Buckeyes, but they certainly didn't help themselves in the second half. Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State versus Oklahoma, Ohio State versus Baylor. I mean, all of a sudden, Notre Dame, if they get beaten down by, say, 17 and a half, they got to plummet to about 13 or lower. Because to me, at that point, that's where you truly begin to say, all right, 17 and a half point beatings deserve to drop to here. Because I, I honestly don't have much faith that NC State would not lose by 17 or more to Ohio State. And I could say the same, I think, safely for for Southern Cal or um, you know, Michigan State, Miami. I mean, I think I think now now look, Michigan State conference game, you know, depending on where that one's played, depending on the weather, I mean, yeah, those things all affect it, but if you give me good turf, by the way, they play, they host Ohio State on October the 8th. But if you give me good turf, opening season, you know, no rain or whatever, if, if, if you are playing in those conditions, good weather conditions, I think Ohio State would beat Michigan State by 17 and a half or more. So I, I think, look, you immediately have to believe that Notre Dame drops like a rock. Now, conversely, and again, I don't think the Fighting Irish would, would beat Ohio State by 17. But conversely, if, a, if Notre Dame does win that game, then they clearly cement themselves as an elite top five team. And depending on how it's done, you'll probably drop Ohio State down to six or eight, somewhere in the polls. But I don't think Notre Dame has the ability to knock Ohio State off of that elite category. But I do think that a victory over Notre Dame, a substantial victory over Notre Dame by the Buckeyes this Saturday, again, 7.30 on ABC, would send a message that, hey, even though Notre Dame checked in at number five, they are not an elite program heading into the 2022 season, which may be a good thing for Clemson, who will travel to Notre Dame 
on November the 5th to take on the Fighting Irish. 803-450-0086, text line and phone line. Clemson today released a depth chart for their matchup with Georgia Tech coming up on Monday, a week from yesterday, Labor Day night in Atlanta. We'll give you the rundown of the depth chart when we return right here on the show that shakes the Southland. Stay with us. Rocking and rolling along with you on a Tuesday afternoon of College Football Tuesday. Lots of games coming up. We talked at length about arguably the biggest game of the weekend. Number five, Notre Dame taking on Ohio State. A top five matchup there. The Buckeyes check in at number two. They received six first place votes in the AP poll. They received five in the coaches poll. Again, remember the APN coaches in sync. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame. After that's where the mix begins. But are the Fighting Irish in the elite category of college football? Well, one of my favorite things happened today. Of course, got the email earlier today laying out Clemson's depth chart for the 2022 season. And you know, and again, there's not necessarily any like glaring uh, changes that just kind of make you go, "Ooh, what's that about?" But uh, it is. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Nice to see you know that depth chart come out and give you a chance to get a sneak peek on it. We'll start on the left side of the offensive line working our way across to the right then quarterback, running back, wide receivers. Then we'll flip to the defensive side of the ball, give you the rundown there uh, from the defensive ends through the cornerbacks plus all the special teams position groups. So left tackle, your starter, the graduate senior, Jordan McFadden. We sat down with him in an exclusive interview on uh, at the ACC kickoff it's on our website clemsonsportsall.com if adding 62 305 pounds backed up by redshirt freshman Tristan Lee 6 foot 6 315 pounds Lee looks to be the anchor in the future McFadden will hold it down this year at left guard Marcus Tate scheduled to be the starter 65325 pounds sophomore the backups either Colin Sadler or 
John Williams. At center, it's the senior, Will Putnam, 6'4", 315 pounds, backed up by Trent Howard or Ryan Linthicum. At right guard, Walker Parks, as expected, big number 64, slides in, 6'5", 315. He's a junior, and he's backed up by Brian Tucker, which is not the most difficult name, B-R-Y-N, except that that's what we call my daughter. We call her Bryn. So I know it's Brian, but I'm probably going to call him Bryn at some point. Almost did today. At right tackle, the starter, a true freshman, 6'6", 315-pound Blake Miller, backed up by junior Mitchell Mays. At tight end, Davis Allen, 6'6", 250, will be backed up by Jake Brenningstool. At wide receiver, Joe Ngata gets to call 6'3", 215 pounds. He's backed up by Dakari Collins. Uh, the other wide receiver, Brandon Spector, will start. 6'1", 205, backed up by the freshman Antonio Williams. Then EJ Williams will start at 6'3", 190, backed up, or I guess I should say, or Bo Collins will be the other starter. Your starting quarterback, DJ Uwe Ungalale, 6'4", 235. Backed up by Cade Klubnik. And then Will Shipley, set to be the starter. 5'11", 205-pound sophomore out of North Carolina. Backed up by Kobe Pace or Phil Maffa. Defensively, KJ Henry will get the go. 6'4", 255 at defensive end. Brian Brzee or Rook Oro, row your boat gently down the stream. Check it in uh, there at defensive tackle. Tyler Davis or Rook at the other defensive tackle spot. At the other defensive end, it's going to be Miles Murphy or Justin Maskell. How about Maskell making a statement as a, a redshirt senior trying to cl- climb into more PT? The strong side linebacker, the nickelback, that hybrid linebacker position will go to Barrett Carter. He's backed up by Malcolm Green or Wade Woodass. Your starting linebacker, middle linebacker, is going to be Jeremiah Trotter or Keith McGuire. Your weak side linebacker is going to be Trenton Simpson, backed up by Levante Bentley. At corner, Sheridan Jones or Nate Wiggins will get to start. At the other corner, it'll be Fred Davis or Nate Wiggins. At strong safety, Andrew Makuba, backed up by R.J. Mickens. And then at free safety, Jalen Phillips or Tyler Venables. So a lot of oars there on the defensive side of the ball for Clemson. And and again, lots of versatility uh, in that group, in my estimation. As for special teams, the place kicker and punter. Right now, it looks like we'll be B.T. Potter. There is an or on the punter spot with Aiden Swanson potentially getting some opportunities there. Potter will also handle the kickoffs. Uh, and then your punt returner will be Will Taylor or Antonio Williams. And your kickoff returner will be either Will Shipley or Kobe Pace. So that's a real quick look at Clemson's 
offensive and defensive depth charts. We tweeted those out just a little bit ago. So if you want to catch those online, you can. Again, on Twitter, at Clemson Sports. That's Clemson News, Notes, Information, and more. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Text line, phone line, always available. And of course, you can head over to our website right now and check out all of the great information, including our Around College Football article. We're going we're gonna to put that out twice a week, once prior to the weekend, and once with a follow-up on Tuesday to give you the rundown of what all's gone on. So go over to our website and check that out right now. Some interesting things there on the depth chart. Nothing necessarily that stands out to me. Uh, but again, if you saw something that you said, wow, hit me up. 803-450-0086 with a quick break and bounce back with more right after this. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan on Twitter at Clemson Sports. It's easy. So taking a look uh, at that depth chart again real quick, just you know, being honest with you. I mean, if you kind of, well, first off, if you listen to this show, then you know that you know Blake Miller's kind of made a move here, and so his you know his ascension to the starting right tackle spot maybe should be the most significant thing you see. I would say maybe the only kind of other things that caught my attention after having a chance to think through it during the the break uh, is. And again, you know, the two, five, and nine wide receiver spots are all a little bit different. And I, I guess it's just hard to surpass an upperclassman. And again, it's a different position, but to see Joe and God, and Dabo Sweeney's really talked positively about him, but to see Joe and God holding on to the starting spot at one of the wideout positions over Dakari Collins, that necessarily isn't surprising, okay? Ngata over Collins, that's not necessarily surprising. But the fact that a better wideout group would not be EJ Williams, Brandon Spector, and say Bo Collins... And and you know it, I it, I know the slot position right like like what Spectre and Antonio Williams are playing is different but those other two spots are nearly interchangeable and like I feel like and again Joe's been banged up but I feel like of the two wideouts from California Bo Collins and, and Joe Engada Collins to me has been the better proven product even in a limited capacity of playing time because of his short amount of time, relatively speaking, to Ngata's on campus. So that would probably be one for me. Like I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Bo, EJ, and say Specter aren't the better, you know, aren't, aren't the better lineup there. Everything else. I, I think is is positive, and I think that Walker Parks. I know we've kind of harped on Blake Miller at right tackle, 
and they, there should be a focus there. You got to win those battles. It, it's not left tackle, but you got to win those battles. But I think maybe something else that we fail to consider or whatever you want to say about this is, is the athleticism of Walker Parks and his ability to pull and and really get uh you know his motor running the right way and his ability to really wreak havoc up front because he is probably in our time covering Clemson football when it just comes down to the attitude of an offensive lineman I mean he's he might have one of the top attitudes we've ever seen, if not the top attitude. He does not go into it with concern or, or fear. I mean, he is a relentless, relentless player. And that's what I think that that's what I, I think everybody really likes about him. And so Dabo Swinney wants to get the best starting five out there. It'll be McFadden, Tate, Putnam, Parks, Miller, according to the depth chart. On the defensive side of the ball, I mentioned it earlier, Justin Maskell being in an or category with a Miles Murphy. I mean, Miles Murphy folks for a lot of people and again we had an article up on the website clemsonsportstalk.com about this but you know Miles Murphy's a guy that people think could trend to be a top 10 pick and yet Maskell earned the or status I mean Miles Murphy could be one of the best players in the draft with the right season oh man I could see him being taken so high so high but there's a or with Maskell, and I doubt, and I, and I want to say this, like I doubt that's about, oh, Miles Murphy hasn't been performing. I think that's more about Justin Maskell. The other thing, too, and I, I, I you know, in, in the transfer portal era of this sport, which I think at this point is such a disservice to the players. I mean, I, I know I know you want free movement. I know you want to be able to, but I mean, at this point, man, it is it is a rough situation. Like we were looking at what Auburn's quarterback situation the other day. Transfer from A and M in their division. Transfer from LSU in their division. Transfer from Oregon, all battling for the spot. That can't be good for those players. It just cannot be. But. When I when I think about some of the names like Levante Bentley sitting there and and the time on the clock tick tick ticking down on his career, I mean it's it's hard not to imagine these guys some of these guys packing up and that that's the that is one of the biggest problems with this whole system now. I want guys to be able to move. But it, it should not be such a free-flowing movement of players that there's no hesitation. Because whatever the depth chart is today for Clemson, 
And Dabo Sweeney prides himself on the fact that guys don't have it tended to transfer out. But who knows what it'll look like in a month and a half, two months. I mean, that's the that's the big problem. 803-450-0086. You cannot keep a roster together anymore. It's it's nearly impossible. Nearly impossible. Coming up in hour two, hopefully we'll be joined by our buddy Mike Yuva. Mike covers the Gamecocks for GamecocksCentral.com. We'll find out what's coming out of Columbia ahead of their matchup with the Georgia State Panthers. With a break, we'll bounce back with one final segment in hour one next. Rolling with you, Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan game day announcements or game day enhancements for Clemson University were announced last night. You can go read all of this information on our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com, if you would like. But doing a run through, uh, just a couple for you here. Um, one of those things is the fact that Clemson has now picked Ticketmaster as their new ticket provider. And apparently that is supposed to uh, help you protect yourself against counterfeit tickets. So there are, I, I guess, maybe a multitude of ways people can um, fake tickets, screenshot tickets, etc. But uh, apparently this is supposed to prevent that from taking place. Um, they also have a nice picture of the new video board which appears to be complete in terms of the screen i know the back of it looks great we put that on our instagram at clemson sports the other day uh, and they were just finishing up frank howard field in the photo that they put up Uh, this is the first major upgrade since 2005 that's going to have nearly five times the surface area of the previous board, which was put up in 2012. But this is the first major upgrade. Uh, The new video system will include speakers on each side. It measures 127 feet wide by 57 feet tall. And it will sit 20 feet off the ground, which means that there will be a 365-day open view into the stadium. So, you don't have to worry about the jumbotron sort of blocking your view into the stadium. Uh, the new East Main video board will also feature color LED fixtures on the inside and custom portal LED lights for the team's entrance. Ribbon boards on the north, south, and west, along with the new corner video boards in the west, have been upgraded to be higher quality, easier to read, and more immersive, according to the information. Speaking of lighting, the eight main stadium light poles have been updated to the new LED system, which will allow for individual light fixture control, spotlighting of Howard's Rock, and a higher quality field lighting during the game. And additional features have been added to the plazas around each light pole and the upper deck section to provide a safer environment for navigating the stadium. Additionally, What's going to happen, too, is with the way they've set up the the scoreboard, it's going to be easier for the team to arrive and get down the hill. It makes it safer as well for pedestrians to travel. So doing a lot to make the game day environment safe for everybody. Now, one of the big questions that a lot of people have had 
is what about the Tiger, Swanee, the Tiger that used to be on top of the stadium now, or on top of the scoreboard? What's funny about that is there's a contingent of fans that are a little younger than I that have never really even noticed it. And it's partially because the ambiance and everything that's going on in the stadium now is so much greater than it was when I was a kid, when many of you were a kid or children, and you were at the games. And the only kind of extracurricular that you had after a big play was to turn and look at the scoreboard and maybe watch the tiger wag his tail and his eyes light up. Now there's replays of that play, and, and it's just a lot that goes on. Well, that Tiger has been atop the video board since the 1970s. And anytime there's work done to the, the, the Jumbotron, there's always a question, what's going to happen to the Tiger? What's going to happen to the Tiger? Well, the old Tiger would also look minuscule, okay, sitting atop this 127 by 57 foot scoreboard he would look tiny by comparison so he's not going to be up there now I know at this point some of you are going you got to be kidding me Swanee's been there my whole life well good news is this there will be a brand new 22 foot wide with eyes that light up and a tail that wags tiger on top of the scoreboard. So a much bigger tiger. It will also be able to be raised and lowered out of the board as necessary. I'm assuming to protect it as well. And the previous tiger, the one that you love, the one that you saw for so many years, the previous tiger will be available as an interactive element at Tigertown tailgates and fans will be able to take pictures and photos with the tiger that's been on top of the stadium. The tail will wag. The eyes will light up. So it, it the, the tiger that you know and love on top of the, the, the scoreboard is going away, but there will be a new one that is nearly 22 feet wide with eyes that light up. Now, if you think about this for a second, that scoreboard, the scoreboard that we just talked about is 57, excuse me, is a 127 feet wide. So a tiger that size is going to take up like a sixth of the scoreboard. So it's not going to be too large it's not gonna be massive by comparison but it should stand out even better than I would say the old one and the old one was always faded and I remember there were a couple seasons where it, it didn't work but uh, it sounds like this is gonna be a really really cool addition uh, for Clemson Tiger fans so again that's just a couple of the updates uh, if you want to go check it out uh, if you want to go check out some more uh, information on it, including the Ring of Honor and the stadium signage and the backlighting on that, head over to our website right now, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Full article is up of Clemson announcing the 2022 football game day experience enhancements. With a quick break, 
We'll come back hour two. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mike Yuva from Gamecock Central joins the program. Stay with us. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger style. Hour number two. That's drive time right here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Mike Yuva. Gamecock Central joins us for all our Gamecock fans that peek over the fans to hang out with us. By the way, I run into Gamecock fans often, and inevitably, they tell me that they like the show and they tune in and listen. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a lady the other day, and she was saying something to her husband about my day job. And, and she he goes, oh, yeah, I listen to Lawton all the time. So there you go. Thank you to all the Gamecocks who are part of the program. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. 803-450-0086. Mike Yuva joins us. Mike, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well, Swanee. It's game week. It is game week, and I know we had some games last weekend, um, and we can certainly discuss Nebraska Northwestern if we dare, but I want to begin with the topic that I brought up out of the gate, and that is this matchup between Ohio State and, and Notre Dame. All right, so it's a 17.5 point spread in favor of the Buckeyes, who are playing at home, so about a 14.5 point spread on a neutral site, most people would say. Mike, if mm-hmm. if Notre Dame doesn't keep that game within sort of that range, right? Like if this thing gets up 24, you know, 28 point spread, um what does that say perhaps about where the Irish are? Cuz I said, look, if you end your season on a blowout in the college football playoff, likes happened to say Alabama versus Clemson a couple years ago, hey, you were still in the playoff. And maybe Notre Dame climbs back in. But to me, Mike, if you get beat pretty handily in the opener by a team that's in the top five and you're supposed to be in the top five, I think you drop pretty hard. I think you do, and I don't necessarily agree with that, that that's the way it should be. And the reason being is 
to me, and this is just my my opinion, and I had the same opinion a year ago when Clemson played Georgia. So I just want to throw that out there, okay? I always look at this the same way. I give credit to teams to actually play a top five matchup week one. Uh, Shane Beamer was talking about it earlier today that he hates, hates, hates week one games. And I'm sure about 90% of the coaches in the country hate week one games, even if they're playing TikTok tech. The reason being is you just don't know what you're going to see out there. You don't know what to expect. Like even last season for Clemson, they have to do so much more when it comes to installations and just being able to install different packages and be awesome, whatever the case may be, because you know you're going to see a very, very good Georgia team, right? That was the case last season. Right. So you're trying to do things where you're really trying to speed things up. And the majority of these games, Swanee, right, as we know, they, they're usually scheduled years ago. So you don't know what the makeup of your schedule is going to be. You don't know, excuse me, the roster is going to be. You don't know if you're going to have that many upperclassmen. And this isn't trying to make an excuse for Notre Dame. But what I'm trying to say is we could see Notre Dame just get their absolute teeth kicked in. And I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like Notre Dame. I get that. But if this team, who has a new coach, even though he was on the raw, he was on the staff last season, but a new head coach, and they were to get their teeth kicked in week one, and then turn things around, Ohio State's a team who is not only in the college football playoff, but perhaps number one team in the country at that point. When we're all looking at the end of the year, I'd have to look at it and be like, man, look how far Notre Dame came after just struggling week one, making adjustments, this and that. So. I say all that because, you know, maybe I'm one of the few people that look at it that way. But to me, you should give a team credit for actually having the cojones to want to go out there and play a tough team week one because you just don't know what's going to happen that week. And then as the season goes on, you'll have an opportunity to get better. Well, as we look at the first weekend, the first real weekend of college football, the other big matchup really here on the East Coast will be georgia hosting former defensive coordinator Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. And for for Georgia, here's my quote-unquote hesitation, right? Number one, mm-hmm. it's your first game since winning a national title, so there's always this, I, I just think it's this kind of air of confidence that you what you were a year ago, but that's not necessarily who you are this year. And, and two, I, I do think, you know, even though I don't believe Oregon's got the horses, Dan Lanning's going to kind of know some of the areas to attack, I would think, offensively, this Georgia defense and, and maybe some of their tendencies. Just your thoughts maybe on that game and those two factors. I mean, if this matchup was 10 years ago, it would have been absolutely incredible. Uh, if, you had, if you had Oregon playing the way they did about a decade ago, right? If Marcus Mariota was still there, whatever the case may be, not even 10 years. So, I, it doesn't have the same kind of, I don't know, pop to it as it may have had at one point. Um, I think the, the biggest question is, and you hit the nail right in the head, Swanee, what are we going to see from Georgia? Because now they're not the team, kind of like the Red Sox for years, right, that, okay, they're going to find a way to choke at the end. You know, They're going to find a way to just absolutely blow it. It's only a matter of time. You've got that monkey off your back. Right. That's great, but now that brings higher expectations. And the difference, of course, with college compared to the pros is that, number one, they're younger. Uh, but number two, 
some of those guys will leave. I mean, it's free agency. I get that. But it's just not the same. You know, it's college is just different. So there's going to be expectations placed on a lot of these players who weren't here last year, um, whether that be from the transfer portal, whether it be freshman, whatever the case may be. And it's just going to be different. How do they go about that? Uh, how do the upperclassmen conduct themselves? Because this is going to be different for them. And the way that they go about handling themselves will be a trickle-down effect to the underclassmen because they don't know any better. How do we handle success? Well, let's look, at, let's look at the upperclassmen. They don't know how to handle it. So there's a lot of unknowns. And for a Georgia team who, look, they're going to play Oregon, and then week three they're going to be coming to Columbia, South Carolina. I'm not saying South Carolina is going to beat Georgia. I think they're going to go through their own growing pains um, with having to go to Arkansas week two and then come back home. But Georgia historically has struggled during noon games. They're just not a great team at noon. They're just really not. So if, if this is a team that comes out and they're sleepwalking against Oregon, even though they still have two weeks to be able to turn things around, and just like every team, right, they're going to be figuring things out week one, I'd be wondering how much of a baby hangover, I don't want to go too crazy, but baby hangover it is from last season. So it's definitely something to watch, not just week one, but the first couple of weeks of the season with that Bulldog team. He's on Twitter at Mike underscore UVA, covers the South Carolina Gamecocks uh, for GamecocksCentral.com. Now, speaking of the Gamecocks, it'll be the opener of year two for Shane Beamer, and they're taking on the Georgia State Panthers. I know Beamer met with the media today. You mentioned the fact that uh, he talked about game ones, but what were some of the other major takeaways you had from his time at the podium? I only had a chance to listen to a little bit, Swanee, uh, from Double Dipping with this Patriots gig, but right. some, some of the things that, that, that I noticed uh, from just looking you know, at some of the transcripts, one thing that really stood out to me is that he's got so much respect. He's got so much respect for for um, Sean Elliott. And, of course, we, we know what Sean Elliott means, not just to the state of South Carolina, but to the university as well. Um, the two guys were on staff together in 2010, perhaps one of the greatest seasons in Gamecock history, of course, being able to win the SEC East. Um, their families are very close because their kids are around the same age. He's got a lot of respect for him. I'm interested to just see what that reception is going to be like when when Elliot gets back in there because it was a raw deal, right? We all know what happened. We all know how things ended during the Spurrier error. And, right. you know, Elliot came in and he did the best he could. And people, whether it be Gamecock fans, whether just people in that state, he's just very, very well-liked Camden guy, right? Grew up there. People just love this guy. So I think that's something that's going to be neat to see is just the warm reception he's going to get. I mean, obviously the student section, maybe they just don't get it um, because they're too young. But I think there's a lot of people that are going to be just very, very welcoming when they see him. Um, some other things, too. I think I think Beamer is just like the rest of us. I think he's excited to see what Spencer Rattler is going to do. I mean, of course, he has a front row seat every day in practice. But how is he going to respond when he's inside the stadium, right, when he's under the lights? And he's playing in front of, you know, what should be over 70,000 um, people there that night. What is that going to look like? It's not going to be the same when you're playing a spring football game and you have a script for the majority of your, of your game. You're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to play. So I think he's excited to see that. I think he's excited um, 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know, just to see what some of these younger players can do. There's, if you look at the two deep, and he even mentioned he made a joke of it today. Yeah. That not to get so caught up on that two deep because it's going to be very fluid, not just this week, but of course as the season goes on. But we all know that um, he's he has a lot of underclassmen in the in those number two spots. So I think that just speaks volumes to the confidence that this coaching staff has, especially on the defense. Um, has with these younger guys and just the job that they've done in just one year, really, of uh, of recruiting. Mike Uva is on Twitter at Mike underscore UVA. So, Mike, let me ask you this. I, I talked about it on the show earlier this week, and, you know, you, you, you give me some grief, and it's always in good fun about my, my master's degree from South Carolina. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently um, – my alma mater is going to be retiring the jersey, or one of my alma maters, I guess, technically, <laughs> of uh, one Jadavion Clowney. Um, I look, I, I, I know the freakish player he was. I know how great he was uh, at times during his career, certainly. But I am surprised, and, and maybe you can give us some insight into this, how Clowney gets this honor before a, a Marcus Lattimore or Connor Shaw. Like to me. That doesn't make any sense for for the Gamecock fans listening to the program. I don't have all the accolades in front of me, and I know it shouldn't just come down to accolades. And the reason I say all that is because you look at a guy like Connor Shaw, what he was able to do at South Carolina, never losing a home game. These, these are things that it's not necessarily going to translate to, you know, all the big boy awards, right? Um, I say all that, but but – I mean, man, I mean, as someone that grew up in Massachusetts, I, I can still remember because, you know, Clowney and I are around the same age. It, he just became must-watch TV. Of course, the hit. We know that. But that season alone in 2012, the things that he did, the records that he still holds over there, uh, tackles for a loss in a season, sacks for a season, in a season, the things that he was able to do, and it'd be the number one pick in the NFL draft. I, I think that the challenging thing, and this is what I've learned from covering college sports after growing up in a pro market, it's difficult when you talk about some of these college football players because when they go on to the pros, it's like, all right, if they don't have success or the success that so many people envision them having because of what they did in their college careers, then they're a bust, Right. Yeah, I mean, not the exact same by any means, but let's use the, probably the best example, Tim Tebow. 
I mean, did Tim, did Tim Tebow, is he off with football? No, just didn't work out in the NFL. And anyone that watched him play at Florida knows that he was just an absolute stud. So I, I say all that because, look, I don't know the specifics when you go down, whether it be Lattimore or whether it be, you know, a guy like Connor Shaw. You can make arguments for other players in that mix as well. I mean, a guy like Rick Sanford. Rick Sanford was the very first Gamecock to ever be drafted in the first round. An All-American, had a great little career in the NFL with the Patriots and Seahawks. I bring that up because there's a long list of guys, but for Clowney to be the first overall pick and the things that he was able to accomplish, other guys that typically get mentioned, they don't have that same uh, pedigree in terms of just that, that same resume. They've had impressive careers, no question about it. You know, they had the fan voting recently, and they had, you know, the guys like, okay, who's the most impactful Gamecock in the last 30 years? Alshon Jeffrey was number one. Yeah. You know, in the fans' eyes. So I guess what it comes down to is, and I wish I had more details, Swanee, the specifics as to what goes into the decision-making, the criteria that goes into it. Um, but then again, this really came out of nowhere. I mean, I heard about rumbles of this maybe a week ago, but it really came out of nowhere. I don't think a lot of people were expecting this to happen on the outside. Well, taking a look at it, too, uh, another guy who could give some great insight and perspective of, on that would be Tommy Suggs. And for any Clemson Tiger mm. fan hanging out with us today, no doubt on your way home from Clemson games through the years when you've tuned that dial over, to listen to the Gamecocks, whether it was on 560 for so many years, 560 AM, um, you know, wherever you're listening to South Carolina football, the thing about it is this. He's done that for 50 years now. And, I mean, that is incredible, incredible. to me. And, and quite frankly, uh, as a Clemson, you know, fan and alumni and, and a guy that covers Clemson, I've always enjoyed Tommy Suggs on the radio doing that job. But 50 years, man, kudos to him. And what I'll say to that, Swanee, is that as someone we brought, I think we actually talked about this last week. We're talking about the Clemson documentary that's airing, about that first national title. It brings you back when you hear some of those radio calls. All I would tell people is, even if they're a Clemson fan that have listened to Tommy over the years, just appreciate it while it's here. Um, I mean, it's crazy. I, I think about, you know, Jerry Remy doing games for the Red Sox. He just passed away recently within the last couple of years. It's just not the same when you don't hear that that person that you grew up with listening to, even if it's a you know like the Yankees, right? I mean, I can I can still listen in my head some of the calls from the Yankees just because those guys have been there forever. So you know there there definitely is something to be said and special regardless of the team you pull for when you have a guy like Tommy Suggs that has been around for as long as he has. Never mind the fact of a broadcasting career for fifty years. I mean that's just incredible. All by itself. I mean, Swanee, you know what this business is like. Um, it, it's it's difficult to do something like that 50 years because as, as as iconic as he has become in the Gamecock community, going to going back to his playing days, um, there's a lot of politics that come involved that, that come in play sometimes to be able to you know have a position like that. So the fact that he's been able to outlast the, the test of time, I think it's just a testament to. Number one, the job he does, but just the person he is. And, you know, being able to get to know Tommy during my time in South Carolina, he is as first class as they come. Mike, final thing for you. 
just give us your thoughts on what we see this weekend uh, to kick off Shane Beamer's second year in Columbia. I mean, is it a big blowout win? Is this one tighter than the experts think? How do you have it? I'm going to be interested. I'm, I'm really going to be interested because I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything too sexy. I think it's going to be very vanilla. I think South Carolina expects to go out there and they expect to win. Um, but I also think you might be able to see some razzle-dazzle in there just because Shane Beamer is the type of guy that understands what this fan base wants to see. And if he's able to go out there, they're able to have a nice win, that's great. But if he can just give a little excitement. So, you know, I don't expect Spencer Rattler to go out there, throw the ball 20 times down the field, deep vertical. I think you're going to see very, a very methodical offensive attack, NFL-like style, short passes, using the tight ends, receivers going across the middle. But I would not be shocked to see a couple deep bombs from Rattler. Uh, and if that is the case, I know everyone wants to talk about Josh Van. The guy to keep an eye on this season is Antoine Wells Jr. He's just an absolute stud, very explosive. He was one of the best receivers in FCS last year at James Madison before James Madison moved up to FBS this offseason. He is electric, and I think he's a guy that can really, really have a big impact this season. And then if, you know, just the fact that they already have a rapport because both players were here during the spring. I think there could be something very special between the two of them. It's just not being talked about enough. Mike, appreciate you, buddy, and uh, safe travels as you make your way back for the game this weekend, and we look forward to chatting with you next week, my man. I appreciate it, Swanee. Mike, you've again Gamecock Central. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I jokingly referred uh, to South Carolina as my alma mater. I, I don't know. Does that even count when you have a master's degree from a school? Or does alma mater uh, only pertain to the school in which you get your undergrad degree? I don't know, but uh, Mike always gives me, Mike always likes to rib me uh, on that one, so I thought I'd return the favor. Eight zero three four five zero 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 eighty six. Stay with us. It is NFL Cut Day. Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan. Uh, a couple of former Clemson Tiger defensive players have been cut here or waived you know the NFL trimming their rosters down to 53 we had an article up on the website late last night kind of giving you some uh, insight uh, into some of those things and two big names on the Clemson Tiger defense through the years uh, James Skalski who is was with the Indianapolis Colts has been waived um, you know I guess ultimately he may end up being a practice player for them, but uh, at this time, Skalski not going to be a part of the 53-man roster. Also, former Clemson safety Nolan Turner cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, some guys that did get rostered up, Balen Specter, Specter, making the cut uh, with the Buffalo Bills. So, congratulations to Specter for getting that opportunity. Uh, and again, we will uh, do our best to keep you updated on uh, as many of those as possible uh, as the news comes out. But I do want to get you those three because I know, obviously, a lot of you 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Enjoyed uh, the play of James Skalski throughout his career. Although uh, several, several games in his career were hampered by targeting penalties. Uh, and then Nolan Turner, who... You know, Dabo Sweeney just had so many great things to say about not only Nolan, but now his younger brother Cole, who is uh, a part of the Clemson Tiger team playing wide receiver. But yeah, so Nolan Turner did not make the 53-man roster for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, who knows, um, you know, could end up being a practice player, perhaps, Um, but you just never know, man. It is a dog-eat-dog league, uh, the NFL. And uh, you got to be a real, I mean, you got to be an elite-level talent. And quite frankly, like Ben Bulware, I kind of felt the same way about James Skalski. I think Skalski as a matter of fact, a better player than Ben Bulware was. And I don't think he's good enough to cut the mustard in the NFL, and that's okay. I mean, 2% of the guys that make it collegiately end up making it in the pros and, and surviving. So, yeah, you know, hey, stinks that you don't get a chance. Um, Well, I, I can't say you didn't get a chance, but stinks that you don't make it. But, man, it's, it's tough. There's so much talent uh, at that level. Also uh, in the NFL, former Clemson Tiger Trayvon Mullen has been traded from the Las Vegas Raiders to the Arizona Cardinals. So Mullen will be joining his former Clemson teammate in that national championship victory over Alabama, Isaiah Simmons, on the defensive side of the ball there. And also Nuke Hopkins, who plays wide receiver for the Cardinals. So a couple of little... News items there out of the NFL for you here on a Tuesday afternoon. 803-450-0086. Text line and phone line. Be a part of the show anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And and just scanning my feed here. Uh, Deion Kane, who had a big catch over the weekend for the Philadelphia Eagles, has also been released and one final one um, Mario Goodrich was also waived by the Philadelphia Eagles Goodrich was a bit of a surprise that he was an undrafted free agent 
uh, in the NFL draft, but he got a deal that was worth 217000 in fully guaranteed money and then was waived today. So get the money and run. Is that, is that what they say? Come on, take the money and run. Um, one final thing real quick on the NFL because I did see this news too. You talk about you talk about some surprising cut moves, I guess you would say. And and the thing you know, in the NFL, if you're if you're not getting the job done, you're gonna be gone because they've invested way, way too much money uh in you, right? And so they're not just gonna hang on to dead weight. But apparently, the Raiders, who also traded Trayvon Mullen, have waived offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood. Now, if that name's familiar to you, uh, Leatherwood starred for the Alabama Crimson Tide and was taken with the 17th overall selection. 17th overall selection in the 2021 NFL Draft. But he regressed in the preseason. And Josh McDaniel and their general manager, Dave Ziegler, apparently had enough and waived him from the team. That means none of the Raiders' three first-round picks from 2020 to 2021, Henry Ruggs, of course, his incident off the field, uh, Damon Arnett and Leatherwood are part of the team any longer. The Raiders' three first-rounders from 2019, Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram all had their fifth-year options picked up by the team. So, Leatherwood, who some people thought was a reach to be taken that early, just did not translate to the next level. And will be uh on the will be looking out for an opportunity down the road. 803-450-0086 again the college football weekend looms. We talked about a couple of big games coming up with Notre Dame and Ohio State and certainly Georgia and Oregon. But how about some of those matchups that will be taking place before Saturday, huh? We'll give you a quick look at what's coming up in just a couple of days on the college football scene right here on The People Show, Clemson Sports Talk, heard around the world on the iHeartRadio app right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Stay with us. The People Show, Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan at Clemson Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us. Share our work, especially Instagram. We, we're we trying, man. That's a tough, that is a tough beast to tame. Trying to grow on Instagram. I, I pushed it off for so long, I still don't know if I'm, like, want to, like, grow it, the, the effort that it's going to take, but I've got one of our interns working on that. And uh, we are rapidly pushing graphics and everything through it at Clemson Sports. Put the little underscore at the end, though, and you can find us. So today, 
Today is Tuesday. And by the time some of you are catching the podcast, it's going to be Wednesday. And we've got games coming up on Thursday. Key matchups on Thursday. The Backyard Brawl, West Virginia at number 17, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, by the way, who Desmond Howard, oh my Lord, Desmond Howard had Pittsburgh in his college football playoff. Now, I I told you earlier that we have our Around College Football article up, our Week Zero recap for you right now on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. During game day this weekend, Desmond Howard, like I, I don't know if he took one too many hits on the gridiron as a player. He here's his final four: Texas A&M, Pittsburgh, Baylor, and Michigan. Okay, SEC, ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten. And I'm not, not going to lie to you. That very well may be the second best team at the end of the season in every league. Like Legitimately, the playoff could be Alabama and Clemson, Oklahoma and Ohio State. <laughs> like It's like he looked at who's most likely to get in from each league and said, I'm going to take the team under them. And I'm going to do it for every league. Now then, the only other justification I have for that would be, and I think he did go on to win, pick Texas A&M to win the national title. Good luck, Aggies. But, <laughs> is that he wanted to justify being able to get Michigan into the national championship. Now, if that was your reasoning, Desmond, then kudos to you. But, Pittsburgh and West Virginia, back to the back to where we were, 7 p.m. ESPN on Thursday. A Big Ten matchup Thursday night, 8 o'clock on Fox, Penn State at Purdue. And to be honest, that's about it for what you would call a you know two you know multiple marquee teams facing off. Here's the rundown of every other game, though, on Thursday. St. Francis is taking on Akron at 6 on ESPN3. Central Michigan's at number 12 Oklahoma State on FS1 at 7. Again, the backyard brawl. West Virginia at Pitt, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Ball State's at Tennessee, 7 p.m. on the SEC Network. SC State is at UCF at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Bryant is taking on Florida International at 7 on ESPN3. Long Island University at Toledo, 7 on ESPN3. VMI is at Wake Forest, 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. Again, Penn State and Purdue, 8 on Fox. Eastern Illinois and Northern Illinois on ESPN Plus at 8 o'clock. Alabama A&M at UAB. The Rattlers are going to be playing their second game, 8 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Louisiana Tech's at Missouri, 8 o'clock on ESPNU. New Mexico State at Minnesota, 9 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. 
Northern Arizona at Arizona State, 10 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Cal Poly at Fresno State, 10.30 on the uh, on FS1. And then the only game with no coverage on TV, Portland State is at San Jose State. There are also, I believe, seven, you know, eight games coming up on Friday. We'll give you a look at those tomorrow here on the program as we get a little bit closer. But literally, college football galore in terms of networks getting rolling. I mean, I know leagues and teams and all that. I mean, games are going to be on, obviously, ESPN3, ESPN+, FS1, ESPN, ACC Network, Fox, CBS Sports Network, ESPNU, Big Ten Network, Pac-12 Network. I mean, they're going to be games churning all over your television set on Thursday night between 6 and 10.30 p.m. It is a loaded slate. Loaded slate. 803-450-0086. Again, in hour one, we kind of give you the rundown of Clemson's roster. Uh, the too deep roster. It came out earlier today. When we get back here, obviously we've got the bottom end of the program for you, but I will quickly run through that for anybody that was not with us uh, in the first hour of the program. Text line, phone line, anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is 803-450-0086. And man, hard to believe, less than a week away from kickoff of the college football season for your Clemson Tigers as they get things going Monday night in Atlanta against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And over the next couple of days, we'll talk more about Georgia Tech. By the way, programming note about Monday, Labor Day, we will not be on the air, not because of the game, but because we are off for Labor Day. So put that in your calendars and be prepared. We will not be on the air on Monday as Clemson gets ready to kick off against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. With a quick break, we'll bounce back. We'll put a big old bow on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk right after this. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win.
Final segment on a Tuesday afternoon. Again, availability with the Clemson Tiger football team tomorrow. So we'll have a lot of audio here on the program for you. Dabo Sweeney's press conference uh, on Thursday. So things are kind of switched around with the Tigers playing on a Monday night. But nonetheless, the excitement uh, the same. And we put out the tweet earlier uh, during the show, kind of ran through the rosters uh, on that front. But uh, here's a quick look at Clemson's Too Deep. And again, at Clemson Sports on Twitter, you can go find it. Uh, Jordan McFadden going to be starting at left tackle. We'll just go through the starters here. Left guard, Marcus Tate. Center is going to be Will Putnam. Right guard will be Walker Parks. Right tackle, the freshman, Blake Miller. Davis Allen at tight end. Your wide receivers will be Joe Ngata, Brandon Spector, EJ Williams, or Bo Collins. Running back, Will Shipley. And quarterback, DJ Uwe Unga Lale. On the defensive side of the ball, a little bit of a more or friendly, so to speak, roster. KJ Henry will be one of the stars at defensive end. Miles Murphy or Justin Maskell on the other side. A defensive tackle, Brian Brzee and Tyler Davis. And of course, working his way in could be Rook Ororo. Uh, you've also got Barrett Carter at the nickelback position, along with Jeremiah Trotter or Keith Marshall. Excuse me, Keith McGuire, that's a name for the past, huh? Uh, from Georgia running back days. Keith McGuire at linebacker. Uh, the weak side linebacker starter will be Trenton Simpson. At cornerback, either one, it's either going to be Sheridan Jones or Fred Davis the second, along with Nate Wiggins having an opportunity. Uh, Andrew McCuba, your starter at strong safety. And Jalen Phillips or Tyler Venables going to be the starter at free safety. Your starting place kicker, B.T. Potter, will also double as potentially the punter for Clemson this season. So that's a quick look at Clemson's two-deep depth chart ahead of their matchup against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets coming up on Monday. Again, we'll have all the coverage for you over on our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. If you have never been... Please go check it out. We'd love to have you subscribe right now. $1 gets you three months of coverage. After that, it's $63.17 for one year. And if you are a Tiger fan, then you are well aware of the significance of 63.17. By the way, if you're wondering, hey, where was Lowell today? I, I talked to him earlier. Uh, he was busy, but he's going to try to continue to be a part of the program. So don't don't fret if you miss Lowell. He's going to be back with the program throughout the football season and potentially beyond. Don't miss my buddy Teddy Hefner right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 from 9 until noon each and every day. You can catch him and talk about not only your Clemson Tigers, but also the South Carolina Gamecocks at length. Uh, and, of course, we uh, do appreciate you guys that listen to Teddy's show, making your way over here uh, to hang out with us in the afternoons. I mean, it is always busy, always busy with the website and the radio show and everything else we've got going on. Uh, but we hope you do appreciate it. And we hope you find value, not only in listening and checking out and supporting our sponsors, that's key as well, but value in just being a part of this Clemson Sports Talk family that we've put together. And 
Yes, we certainly wrap our arms around uh, the purple and orange of Clemson Tiger Nation, but we are not afraid to lean in on our Gamecock friends who hang out with us as well and say, hey, man, thank you for being a part of this program. I'll I'll tell you this brief story, and uh, it's a classic from yesteryear. We were doing this show, Carolina Clemson Weekend, uh, at one of the uh, one of the venues downtown in Five Points. So loaded with Gamecock fans. Place is packed. Me, a couple other shows. You know, it was the, 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 the Radiothon on the Friday before Clemson, South Carolina. And there's a guy there. He is decked out in Gamecock gear, head to toe. And so we had a commercial break. And, of course, I mean, the guy is decked out in Gamecock gear. I'm rocking the Clemson Sports Talk gear. And this guy comes up to me at the commercial break and he goes, hey man, are you Lawton Swan? This is this is a true story, folks. And this is the moment you, you think, oh God, he's about to punch me in the face. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Fisticuffs. No, and, and he says to me, he says, are you Lawton Swan? I said, yeah. He says, man, I gotta tell you, I love your show. He said, because you tell it like it is and Gamecock fans appreciate it. So I'm just telling you, in that moment, Gamecock Nation, I gained a lot, a lot of respect for those of you that tune in and are a part of this program because I'm not going to give you some fluff and stuff about your Gamecocks, and I'm not going to drill you on how bad I think they are if I don't think they're bad. I'm going to tell you how I see it. And so I appreciated that moment. What a crazy moment. Are you Lawton Swan? Uh-oh, here we go. We're going to scrap. <laughs> no, man. Love the show. Love what you do. It was awesome. Appreciate all of you. Gamecocks, Bulldogs, Yellow Jackets, Seminoles for hanging out with us here on the program. We will be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. And until then, as always, y'all take care now. And go Tigers! Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.